0: Welcome back to another episode of Growth Marketers Podcast. I am Solomon Timothy.
1: And I am Taylor Rowe. We have an exciting episode for you guys today. Today we talked about B2B marketing, which is something that we do every day. A large percentage of our clients at, at one IMS are in the B2B space, some capacity selling to other businesses. So, you know, we live and breathe, you know, B2B marketing and just marketing in general. So we we talked really about just kind of understanding who your audience is and how you can actually go about channel selection and different strategy ideas for the B2B space. And really, should you invest in digital marketing if if you're marketing to other businesses or you sell through distribution partners or something along those lines. So hope you enjoy the episode. As always, if you have questions, feel free to send us an email or comment in the comment section.
0: Taylor, today's topic is my favorite, all right? It's B2B marketing. And you know, we do this all day. Not only do we do this for ourselves, we do this for clients all over, small business all the way to publicly traded companies. Mm -hmm. And we're trying to make a podcast episode, which is really impossible to do that in I don't know how much time we have today. So let's dive in and let's give some tips, tricks, hacks, whatever we can from all the years that we've been doing this. What do you think? Mm -hmm. Let's do it. So I guess... First and foremost, the way that we like to think about B2B is, I mean, we talk about this probably in every one of our episodes. The whole freaking funnel, right? Mm-hmm. Top, middle, bottom. You want to kind of walk us through how we attack that. Doesn't matter which platform you're using, even if it's organic to paid through whatever else, YouTube, video marketing, whatever it sure. might be. Let's speak to that buyer's journey and think about how the, you know, the whole playbook has changed before. And what do marketers need to be doing today if you are in a B2B space?
1: Yeah, like you said, I mean, we work with a lot of B2B companies or, you know, our clients who are trying to get in front of another business to sell their their product or service to. So I think there's a lot of misconceptions. I think it's changing as technology is involving and information is, is out there in terms of marketing. But I think traditionally marketing and building a brand and becoming a thought leader has always been in the B2C space and you want to kind of build that consumer brand so people go to the store and you know purchase your product right but ultimately at the end of every you know B is a is a C right every business there's someone at that business a business right. just comprised human of a bunch to human. of people yeah so <laughs> i think whatever you're selling product or service you need to start breaking down who are your different buyers who are the different buyer personas within that company and who are the decision makers beyond that right so you may be actually selling or transacting with someone in the procurement department for example but someone in you know the engineering department may be the one that has to do the research find the right firm and do the vetting and then actually hand that over to the procurement department so i think just understanding the overall workflow of whoever you're selling to who's involved in that decision-making process, and then what goes into making that decision, what kind of research they're doing. So that's what we do with all of our campaigns. You kind of understand who are your different buyer personas, what's important to them, what's going to be the most effective way to get in front of them, introduce them to your brand, convert them into a lead, and then move them along in your sales funnel until they become a customer. And then even beyond that, in some cases, in terms of upsells and cross-sells and referrals, just customer engagement in general. So I think, again, just making that separation and understanding that there's still a person at the end of that computer or that phone that is making that purchasing decision. And you need to tailor your messaging and your marketing strategy in order to accommodate their buying decision.
0: Right, and for us, we spend all of our time with B2B on the online side, right? We're doing everything that's online. So that starts with your website. And what that website is, and how the user goes through the website to find the different offers and everything else, the information that they were looking for. Then it transcends into them downloading, and then now you have a lead, then you have nurture sequence, so you're doing emails right now. That's part of that whole process. Uh And then we're talking about acquiring new user through Facebook, Google, the whole nine yard, and then also developing and nurturing those audiences, going through the same process. I mean, one thing that we do highly, highly recommend any B2B buyers do is marketing automation. And I know that it's a huge aspect of it. If you're going to deal with volumes of leads and you have so many different kinds of leads coming at it, let's say you do a webinar. Now mm-hmm. you get a whole bunch of leads with a webinar. Let's say you did a trade show, a bunch of leads came from there. And now you have all these people, but you know, talk about the concept of MQL versus SQL, because that's where I think people throw it all together and just send one email mm-hmm. newsletter once a month right? and everybody unsubscribes.
1: Yeah. I think for whatever reason, that's More common in in the B2B space when it's actually probably more necessary, right? So, things like marketing automation is a great point because I hear all the time, you know, I can't do this or I can't do marketing because, you know, my sales cycle might take three years or four years. Or, you know, we're doing trade shows and we have a sales team that does outbound and we have a website, but it doesn't generate that much. Or we get some leads through there, but a different team handles that. And like you said, you know, we're using the Mailchimp or something like that to just send a broad email out. It's not segmented by industry or anything like that. And then on the other side, you see something that's B two C. Who they're doing tremendous brand awareness campaigns. They're you know showing you dynamic content on the website. They have live chats coming up. Um, right. They're selling their product on hundred different platforms: Amazon, their own website, you know, other retail stores. Once you look at a product, you're getting uh, product level, you know, retargeting, <laughs> remarketing. You, and email newsletters have popped yeah, in. You you buy something, you and they say, okay, you know, users also buy this. And that's they're doing all that work for you know a ten dollar product Sale. or a twenty dollar product. Why are we not applying this in the B2B world when we think it's more complicated? In reality, that's you need that. If it's a four-year sales cycle compared to a four-minute or four-day sales four cycle, four seconds. Yeah, it's crazy to think that you're just gonna do that with you know, traditional efforts and do it to your maximum ability, right? So, like you said, understanding that buyer's journey. And then, if you understand that decision making process, how they start researching when they start becoming aware of their problem, they start doing research into possible solutions, they're looking at competitors or alternatives. Then, finally, they come to your website. Maybe they reach out to a salesperson, and then they're comparing quotes. You know, then someone in that company leaves and they get a new person right. in that role. I mean, there's so many different moving parts Parts that if you don't have all of that mapped out and have content that's designed at each step of that funnel to move them along in the next funnel, then I don't know how, I mean, you're just guessing and you're just hoping that someone's going to actually, you know, do business with you, right? And for whatever reason, historically, that's kind of how the business has been done. And the companies who are adapting to this new model are the ones that are really, you know, separating themselves from the pack.
0: And, and I love that because I think that's what it really comes down to. And this is kind of what our strategists and analysts do all day is figuring out who is in what bucket and how did they get there and how do we get them to the next level? Mm-hmm. Right. And synchronizing that information with your CRM system so that we know who's who, right? Yep. Because you have to be marketing to your CRM system. Your CRM, it's not you know, in one silo, and then you have your marketing campaign, and all your data is in another, we have to be talking back and forth. So we can see the opportunity stage, or you can see what stage of the funnel this person is in. And even if they're a customer, we know that that's an existing customer. So we need to do something different with Mm -hmm. that particular contact. That's what I think makes B2B marketing really complex. Mm -hmm. It's a big machine, but lots of little pieces of it Top of funnel machine is working, doing its job. The middle of funnel is doing its job. The bottom of funnel is doing its job and actually marketing to your customer. If you can keep up all of those plates, right, spinning, you got one more, which is marketing to existing customer. It has to happen all at the same time.
1: And to add another layer of that is then you have to replicate that possibly across multiple industries because a lot of B2B companies, you know, they're working with industry specific clients where that buying experience and that decision-making experience is completely unique. So you can't blanket your marketing strategy across the board and and hope that it aligns with your customers. So exactly like you said, there's so many different platforms and different touch points that happen even before they reach out to you in most cases, especially if they can't find you online. That's another, (laughs) another issue. But let's say we do show up for, you know, let's say for example, we're a managed IT solutions provider, right? So we're working with other small, small to medium sized businesses And uh, we're providing IT solutions, right? As a smaller company, maybe they're growing, maybe they have internal staff, they're going to have issues all along the way. So they're having connectivity issues, they have issues with their printer, they're doing Google searches, they're looking on YouTube, they're listening to podcasts, they're going to local networking events for unrelated, you know, activities, they're joining business groups, they're updating their LinkedIn profile, they're hiring, they're getting new customers. All along this way, whether they're conscious or subconscious, things that are happening, Or if you wait until they go and Google you know, manage IT solutions provider near me, that will be the first time they ever hear of you if you even show up number one or number two, which again, it's very competitive. So there's a lot that you can do before they even are at that breaking point where they need your services. And by the way, that's only if they ever realize they need your services. If you don't do anything to create the demand, then you're never going to get in front of that particular audience.
0: And, and I think I worry about that B2B marketer who is thinking, if I spend $1,000, how much sales am I going to get? Mm-hmm. Because yeah. all, all the stuff we just talked about, it's just getting the ball rolling. It's just building momentum. And you have to be consistent in content creation. You have to be consistent with having new offers created. You have to be consistent with being in front of the right people, even like you said, to get them to fill out a form. And I don't know how long your sales cycle might be depending right. on what you're selling and who you're selling into. And that time frame, you need to be continually doing it for you to get that. And then at the very last minute, they might go back and check your website and decide, hey, do I really want to work with this company? Do they have you know, right. up-to-date posts on their Facebook or Twitter or whatever else? And that's the world we live in. So none right. of that can stop. Yeah. Hey, thanks for listening. Solomon here. Are you frustrated because you're not getting enough inbound leads? You're worried that the leads that you're getting are not qualified or maybe you're disappointed in the conversion rate from the leads to customers, right? It's really, really low. Well, I got good news for you. I talk to business owners every single day. You're not alone, right? Businesses go through this when there is a lack of strategy. Sometimes Uh, maybe the approach isn't appropriate for your situation or sometimes you got all of those things right, but it was just poor execution. I'll tell you what, head over to OneIMS.com and fill out one of our forms. Talk to one of our consultants. That's all we do. We talk to business owners day in and day out. Share with us your challenges and see if we're a fit, right? See if we can find you a solution to your growing pains. You know, our hope here at IMS and especially with this podcast is to give you the tools, the technology, the ideas, the strategies, everything we possibly can for you to succeed. All right, so thank you for listening and let's get back to our topic for the day.
1: Yeah, and I think, like you said, that's probably the frustrating part in why it's easier for a consumer brand to spend money on advertising because a lot of times you'll see a much more immediate return in the B2B space. For the most part, you have to look at that long-term growth, which you should be looking at for your business anyway. But like you said, it's if I spend 100000 this year, what am I going to make next year? What am I going to make over the next two years? It's not if I spend 5000 this month or 10000 this month or 50000 this month how much will I make next month? Because there's so much more that goes into that before you even can get on the radar of the type of companies that you're looking for. So um, it it is a bigger task in theory, but when done right, again, those companies really separate themselves from people who aren't doing anything.
0: So, and I also want to talk about what should you measure? Because it's obviously not going to be easy to measure how much dollar amount you close because it, yeah. it could have been a factor of the sales rep it could have been the wrong pitch the it's wrong price yeah right you can't really necessarily say it was the blog post that didn't you know get the deal in the house so what should we measure along the way so you can at least see that hey the numbers the numbers don't lie so we're making progress right the most granular to the more high level things what can we track so that you're on the right track, so that you can start to see success, whether it's six months down the line, a year, two years, five years, whatever.
1: Yeah. I mean, ultimately, it is needs to be revenue at some point. But like you said, if you're just getting started, sometimes that's so far in the future that it can be frustrating to say, you know, how much, where, where are my leads, where are my sales, where are my leads, where are my sales, right? So I think you just kind of work backwards in there and say, well, how many opportunities, or how many leads are we getting? Or how many meetings? Exactly. How if many you, meetings does marketing you know, book If you know that every deal that you close is worth a million dollars or it's worth you know, $50,000 or it's worth $10,000, whatever it is that you're selling your product or service, let's say it's worth $20,000, right? So that means every meeting that you get through marketing channel, in theory, is an opportunity to make $20,000, right? So if you look at it that way, then you're going to do everything you can to get that information out there, drive more traffic through organic search and get more eyeballs on your blog posts and your website, drive more bottom of the funnel traffic through paid search. You're going to be out there promoting your business on LinkedIn. You're going to go to local networking events. You're going to start a podcast. You're going to do all of these different things because you can get a couple of bits of you know pieces of information to in front of the right people at the right time and generate a few leads from each of those different platforms. And again, it's not going to be a linear path. So you're going to have somebody who sees a YouTube video and reads a blog post and downloads an ebook, and then you know finally sees you at a trade show, and you're going to attribute that lead to the trade show. Right. But in reality, there's so many other things that are impacting their decision that, again, the wider you can cast that net in, in order to get in front of the right audience, the more opportunities you are going to have for those meetings that are worth $20,000, dollars $40,000 for your organization. So don't get too tied up in you know if i can't track it accurately then i might as well never do it right that doesn't make any sense when you know it can be done and you know you can track it up into a point there's always going to be sort of that black box of marketing where you don't know exactly which data points led to that lead or that that customer but that technology is evolving every day and we're getting better and better at understanding this and the psychology of it so just continue to improve and test and, and do more on the platforms that make sense for you.
0: Right. And I think the biggest thing you could do is align your sales with your marketing mm-hmm. and having conversations consistently. I mean, we are a marketing company and we're constantly talking to the our sales side of our customers. Are these leads that we're driving relevant? Yeah. Are they qualified? Are they asking the right questions? Do we need to tweak our targeting? Here is the cost per lead today. And is that right? Is that what we're targeting? And are we willing to pay more for this kind of a contact? Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And what are we doing to, you know, folks that didn't buy from you last time or, you know, a year ago, what are we doing to drum up that contact again? And I guess aligning that so that we're not wasting our efforts on the marketing side and the leads that we produce aren't really useful for the sales team. Yeah. And there's a friction constantly.
1: Right. Yeah. When you, I mean, when you say aligning it to me, align, you have to align it in more ways than, than just one. Right. And I think starting with the sales team is perfect. Understand their sales process. What happens once they generate a lead and where do they get the leads from today? Because you can go so many different directions with that. Like you said, a lot of companies in the B2B space, depending on the industry, you'll get leads that come in and, you know, the salesperson has assigned that account, they send out the quote or they go through their own process. And you know, maybe we close 25% of the opportunities or less, right? What happens with the other 75%? Are there opportunities for cross sells and upsells and old leads, lost proposals, lost deals, leads that we never contacted, a list of 5,000 contacts that we met at a trade show that we never did anything? Right. I mean, I think that contact database is, is huge. So align with that sales process. And I also think you mentioned, you know, what kind of questions are they asking? If at the very least, if what you can do is create content on your website in some sort of a blog post or an FAQ about, you know, the top 100 questions that people have about our industry, right? Because if you think about the fact that somebody did the research, found your website, went through the sales process, and for whatever reason, you know, they called and asked the salesperson these questions, think about all the other people out there that have those questions that are going to Google and they're typing them in. And they're not finding the information that they're looking for. So the common questions that salespeople get asked every day, that's those are the pain points that the clients are having. So get out there, create content in whatever format makes the most sense for those questions and try to get that in front of your, your audience.
0: And and I think it's beyond just that blogs,
1: right? You can create ebooks that we talked about e-books, and promoting YouTube that. videos, Correct. podcasts, infographics, uh, lo- host a local event, and that would be the title of the event, you know, five whatever common pitfalls of x y and z whatever those questions are promote that on you know eventbrite and facebook and linkedin all those sorts of things i mean there's so many different things that you can do for not that much money in terms of an investment it's just taking the time to understand who your audience is and what's important to them
0: right so i know we can like i said there's a lot of questions that we're going to get for b2b and this is pretty much our life we spend a lot of time and energy Right. strategizing for B2B and also tweaking existing strategies until we can create something like what I call a machine, right? It has mm-hmm. to work and it has to be as predictable as it can be. And and you need to be able to add additional layers to it and make every single one of them produce positive ROI. Any final thoughts or any anything that we, I mean, we want to talk about ABM, maybe it's another okay. episode we want to talk about, you know, any other topics that relate to B2B, but I want to kind of, wrap this i would yeah. say this episode up with anything else that we haven't covered
1: yeah yeah i think um you know you say abm for account or for uh for b2b marketing i almost always think it should be account based right because we talked about the idea of understanding your buyer and different personas and different decision makers within that company those are your you know accounts those are the people you're trying to get in front of so you should have a unique strategy for each one of those you look at your channel selection based on whatever that offer is and whatever that audience is you're trying to get in front of, what is going to be valuable to them, where are they at in the decision-making process? How do we convert them? How do we set up meeting with our sales team or whatever that sales process looks like? Where can we provide some automation or augmentation to that process? And how do we improve those numbers? So to me in the B2B space, you ask almost any B2B salesperson or owner. You say, you know, who are your clients, right? Who are the customers that you do really well with? Who are you targeting from a sales perspective? They'll name off five or six different criteria. You know, we work really well in the technology space with you know companies who are in the Midwest or companies who have 50 million to 100 million in revenue or whatever that may be. That is your account. That's your target market that you're trying to get into. Those are your buyers. So align your marketing with whatever their pain points are without whatever their decision-making process is, and then just keep drilling down from there in terms of, okay, if this is what we're trying to accomplish, what channel is going to be the best? Are people searching for it? Then great, we're going to try to get traffic through organic search, paid search, Google, Bing, whatever. If they're not searching for it, they're not aware of it, maybe we need to do something on on social platforms or we need to do some display ads or host a local event or attend a trade show, whatever it is, just working backwards from what you're trying to accomplish and who you're trying to get in front of and then build it out from there.
0: Right. And I think we probably should create future episodes on specifics of B2B email marketing or B2B yeah. social, B2B right? content creation. Yeah,
1: because it does need some customization. I mean, it is right. a different audience. It's a different buyer's journey. Um, but again, marketing needs to be custom to who you're marketing to and who you're selling to. So yeah, we'll definitely break it down into individual episodes about each of these topics.
0: All right. Well, thank you all. And as always, I've mentioned this before. We'd love to hear your questions. We have an email address that you can send it to. It's growthmarketers at oneims.com. Love to answer those questions on future episodes. Thank you again, and we'll see you next time.